This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for December 24th, 2012, Christmas Eve. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Not a lot different than most nights. Doesn't rain a lot in the Middle East. It's a clear night. And there was one odd sort of thing, and that's that there was a very bright star in the heavens. And people kind of wondered what that was about. There was only three wise men from Persia who had received a prophecy and were following the star, looking for the Messiah who was coming into the world. But they were yet a ways off and wouldn't arrive until Epiphany. And for Mary and Joseph that evening, it wasn't a silent night at all. I mean, if you can imagine, after traveling from Bethlehem down, uh, from uh, Nazareth down to Bethlehem, which is about two-thirds of the way um, from northern New Jersey to southern New Jersey, to the border, um, which can't be a whole lot of fun. But once they had gotten there, what they found out was that because of the census, that there were no places to stay. Even all the relatives, you know, cousins that they had, they, everybody, the place was packed. And so all they could find was this sort of grotto carved into a mountain, you know, by nature, where the, the cattle and the donkeys would come, and that's where they ate and slept and did other things that cattle and donkeys do. And Mary must have thought, I never really thought my son would be born in a place like this. But she knew that it was very imminent. You know, that was obvious enough. And Joseph must have been absolutely terrified. I mean, guys, think about this. Your wife is having your first baby, and it's you and her in a dirty stable. I don't know who'd be scared, more afraid. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be terrifying. And I doubt if she was terribly quiet on that silent night. And I suspect that she... Um, complimented Joseph on his midwifing abilities um, at the time in some interesting ways. I can remember when John was born and Judy was in labor and, and I was watching this monitor. It was fascinating. You know, guys like techie stuff. So I'm watching and I said, oh, here comes one, here comes one, here comes one. I did that about three or four times before she said, I know when they're coming, tell me when they're going away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. We can really be inept at something. And yet, somehow this baby was born into the midst of this impossible scenario, in the midst of filth, in the midst of poverty, in the midst of the lack of a home. And Mary remembered the angel Gabriel who had announced to her that she would bear the Son of God. And, I mean, can you sort of picture this as, as, as um, Joseph is cutting the umbilical cord, thinking, so that's what the Son of God looks like. He looks like Mr. Magoo. Uh, I mean, it must have been, you know, it doesn't look much different than any other baby you see. And yet, here he was. Now, if you were the parents of the Son of God, what would you expect to happen right after the baby's born? Wouldn't you expect them to be able to clean their own diapers, you know, ask to use toilet, you know, maybe fix dinner even? I mean... This is a baby. 
And there were some shepherds out in the field that night. And they were, you know, just killing time. There's not a lot to do when you're a shepherd. The days aren't terribly busy and the nights are even slower. And suddenly, this bright, dazzling light appears in front of them. Now, have you ever been in, in darkness? And, you know, it's almost like if a helicopter came overhead with those great big lights and shined it right down on them. You know, you're probably like, whoa. And, and the angel says, don't be afraid. That would be your response, right? Oh, I wasn't afraid. I'm never afraid. <laughs> he says, we bring you great news, good news of great joy. For to you, in this day, in the city of Bethlehem, has been born a Savior. You can almost see the shepherds going, wait a minute. I didn't know her. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? To me is born a Savior. I have nothing. I you know, know nothing about no babies. Um, you know, leave me out of it. And then suddenly, the angel wasn't alone. It says there were a myriad. Do you know how much a myriad is? If, if you took mirrors and just had them constantly reflecting against each other, infinitely, I mean, it's, it's like that. Who were singing, singing incredibly loud, glory to God in the highest heaven. That must have been pretty impressive. It's a little wonder that when they left, they said... Why don't we go check this out? <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the opening act was pretty good, right? I mean, it, it's pretty impressive. Maybe we should go see if we can find this Savior that's been born. So they go down and they're, they're looking because the angel had said, you know, you'll find a baby lying in a manger. Now, a manger is a stone trough that's been carved out, and it's, it's for feeding the animals. That was the closest thing to a crib they had. So they put the baby down into the trough where the animals ate. Um, I don't know whether or not they took the animal slobber out first, but uh, but they laid the baby down there. And they get there, and they're looking around, and there's a stone trough, stone trough. Where's a manger? Where's a manger? Where's a baby? And they see a light on, you know, a lantern, and they go over there. And, well, I guess this is it. You got this guy, this woman who looks shell-shocked. Actually, the guy looks shell-shocked more than she does. And and then you've got this baby. And they're thinking, this is the Savior of the world? I don't know what he's going to do. And I suspect about that time Jesus started crying, you know, because it was cold. You know, he didn't really like it. His condo was perfectly nice. You know, why should I be out here in all this mess? And who are these people? And yet, we sing Silent Night, Holy Night. Why is that? It's because on this night of all nights, a little over 2,000 years ago, a miracle happened that has never, ever happened again and never will. And that's that pure, righteous love became flesh and blood. And more, everything that it means to be God became enfleshed in a baby. And more, everything that it means to be human became enfleshed in this baby. And he was destined to change the world. Not because of great power, mind you. I think that's why God sent him as a baby. But by love. Love that could overcome the worst. We've been talking about the Advent candles 
through and what they meant and preparation, um, hope, preparation, joy, and, and faith. The middle candle, the Christ candle, is love. And did you see what it did to the Advent candles? Turn them all white. It turned them white. Do you know what white is a symbol for? Purity. Exactly. And so when Christ comes into the world, he has that capability, even as a baby, mind you, to turn us all pure. Paul puts it like this. He said, a good man might die for a righteous man, but Christ died for us while we were still sinning. Can you imagine that? Jesus came to die on a cross while we were sinning and because we were sinning. Not to come with a, a, you know, a, a stick or a hammer or a sword to make us be good, but to love us into being good. And the question for us today in this, in, in this 21st century is, have we forgotten the message of love? Have we forgotten that it is love that overcomes hate? That it is forgiveness that overcomes despair and alienation? Have we forgotten that Christ still has the power to turn the darkest heart into the most beautiful creature? And have we become so jaded that we don't look for the light anymore? The stars still in the sky, the angels still appear and sing, but we're busy. We don't have time. In a few days, it'll be the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Feast of the Holy Innocents is the feast where uh, we remember those children under the age of two who Herod went into Bethlehem and had all of them slaughtered because he wanted to kill the Messiah before he got a start. And an angel had warned Mary and Joseph, and they'd gone off to Egypt. It's not, you know, a coincidence, I think, that we also remember a slaughter of holy innocents in Connecticut not that long ago. But just like those innocents in Connecticut, and just like the innocents 2,000 years ago, have we become so cynical that we don't believe that love can overcome it? Have we become so jaded that we don't believe that people's hearts can be changed before they do such dastardly acts? Jesus never believed that. Even in Gethsemane, knowing what was coming the next day, he refused to believe it. He believed that the ultimate gift of love, his very life for the world, could change it. The only part missing out of the equation is you and me and whether or not we want it to. When we take this faith of God, the entireness of the Godhead dwelling in a baby, and the entireness of humanity living in a baby, when we take it and turn it into a bunch of rules and regulations, when we take it and turn it into a bunch of ritual that is only for us to go through but doesn't change our hearts, doesn't change the way we treat, not those who treat us well, but those who treat us poorly then we are surely among the most lost. And how can we point fingers at those who do dastardly deeds? 
You see, Jesus came into the world to save the world while we were yet sinners. Have we forgotten that's us? Why do we not judge? Because we're forgiven. That's why. I have no right to judge anyone. Paul talks about it all the time. He says, you know, I'm the worst sinner of all. You think you've sinned? I can top it. Wouldn't that be an incredible message for the church to be able to bear to the world? That when people go, oh, you don't want me. You know, I'm not a very good person. Oh, I've done all kinds of horrible things. Oh, I can beat what you've done. Imagine what it would be like if the church was known for its love and forgiveness instead of for its rules and regulations and judgment. Imagine what it would be like if the church was known as a place that loved people into righteousness instead of beat them into righteousness. Imagine what it would be like to live in a world where hope was just a Christian away. You see, that's the gift of Christmas. You can be that hope. You can be the candle that's changed into the purity of God himself. Because in the baptism that you received, you were given this gift of the Holy Spirit so that you too, just like Jesus, can carry the fullness of God within you and the fullness of human nature within you. You just have to let it go and let him live in you. We can change the world. We won't do it by changing our institutions or by waving a magic wand. But we can change it one heart at a time. One person. And this Christmas, let us vow to ourselves that someone in the next year, at least one, will be loved to righteousness, not judged. Let us remember when we start getting angry at our spouses or our kids or our friends or our neighbors that we are called to love, not to judge. Let us remember when horrible things happen, not to say whose fault is it, but how can we make a difference? How can we love this person enough that it isn't needed anymore? If enough of us start doing this, there are two billion Christians in the world. If we all do that to just one person in the next year who does not know that, there will be four billion. And the next year, with population growth, there will be eight billion. We can change the world. The only question is, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that it's possible for God to live in the flesh? Do you believe that it's possible for God to live in you? Do you believe that love really did come down at Christmas? And it wasn't just paying a visit. He came to stay and to transform our world into the righteousness of God himself. When we embrace that, then we truly have captured the real meaning of Christmas. Amen. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.